Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I think the WNBA has really just become a part of the sports fabric in our country. The WNBA is a league that has given a couple of generations now of young women the chance to play professionally at the highest level. There's a great joy and a love for basketball in the Bay Area. We've seen such a connection between the Warriors and WNBA players. Super Diana Taurasi, Brianna Stewart. Women's basketball is just continuing to grow, continuing to develop. It helps when we have the NBA's best players watching us and always talking about us. We've crossed paths with all these women and, and over the years, and it just seems like a natural connection. There's a shared love for the game that our guys feel. It's a great place for a WNBA franchise. One of the rare occasions I agree with Steve Kerr, and I'm sure you do too, the Nakeda, but I the do. Warriors, the Bay is a great place for a WNBA expansion team. Zena, I'm so excited to welcome you back to Brother from Another. Thank you. And I'm so excited you're wearing your bucket hat. <laughs> I couldn't see you before, yeah. so this makes me just, I just got like lit up just seeing that. It's the cutest hat on you. And yes, it's a great day to be back after the news of yesterday talking about the Warriors, I got actually, I'm wearing my She Believes. Uh, this is a shirt from when I used to work from the Warriors. We weren't allowed to use it because it was actually the U.S. Women's National Team's like motto. And so we just made it for the women internally. But I'm, we I'm wearing it now because hopefully they make like a uh, an exception for us to be able to use it. <laughs> well, I like it and I do believe and I'm 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 I believe in the vision of Joe Lacob, who is already being very Joe Lacoby, declaring <laughs> that this, this new team that we don't even fully know the name of yet um, right. will win a championship within their first five years. He said the same thing for the Warriors, Zena, and that came true. So why not? I mean, he. he Right. He's a person that definitely makes these big declarations and he puts his money where his mouth is. And if there's any owner that you can make sure and you can ensure that he will put the money and invest in the resources necessary for that declaration to come true, it's Joe Lacob. You've seen him do it with the Warriors and now we're going to see it with the whatever this team is going to be named. We're still anticipating that name, but I can I can definitely imagine he's going to do whatever he can to make that promise come true. Yeah, I really enjoyed this um, rollout. Like I'm even enjoying like all the various videos and even like they already clearly have, at least for now, sort of their color scheme style. Like I pay attention to this. So if you look at yes, all you the graphics and everything that they tweeted and put on Instagram, you know, they already sort of have their look and feel. Um, and 
you know, they already have their accounts, <laughs> WNBA, mm -hmm. right? As you can see, right. so they were ready to go. They were ready to roll this out. And um, it's, it's exciting. And I know the Bay is excited. Like I already saw, they have tons of followers on both the Instagram oh, yeah. and the Twitter account. You know, this is an exciting thing. I just think in general, the Bay Area is an exciting thing, an exciting place for sports, which is so unfortunate sidebar that they lost the A's as, as right. we know Joe Lacob would like to dip his hand in purchasing them if they ever become available right. but in general the Bay Area I just think is such an a, it's just the area to me for sports like everything is oh, popping 1, there multiple sports when you also think of like the tech industry that's out there I just think it's a vibe so I've always loved the idea of a WNBA team expanding uh, to the Bay Area uh, and I also, I mean, sorry, just, I, I was going to just say, I also really like that, you know, there are some people who have reservations about WNBA teams being owned by an NBA team. And I, I understand those reservations and they're valid, but I believe that Joe Lacob is not an owner. You have to worry about the Warriors ownership group is not one of one of those. And if you are going to have a WNBA team that is owned by an NBA team, you want it to be the Golden State Warriors. And you know this organization probably better than me, Zena. You're there. You used to work for the Warriors. So can you help to kind of break down a little bit why that is the case? I saw like me and you kind of going back and forth with people on Twitter, but why, like what's different about Joe Lickup as the owner and what he will mean for this new expansion team? Yeah, there's a there's a lot of feelings I feel having worked for the Warriors, having been a part of the conversation when this came to be as an idea for the Warriors to bring about a WNBA team. And now to see it come to fruition is more than exciting. Now, exactly as you said, the, the reasons that people are a little bit mm, about having a NBA team bring a WNBA team. I talked about this on the Athletic Women's Basketball podcast that came out today. We'll talk about that in a second. But um, there's reservations that make sense, right? You want a team that stands on its own, that doesn't necessarily feel like an afterthought to an NBA team that seems like a little sister to the big brother NBA team. I get that. You want to make sure that they have the right resources. They have the right staff. They have all the right things in order for this, this team to thrive. Like you said, Joe Lacob is someone that you don't have to worry about that. Why? Because if you know your women's basketball history from way back, even before the WNBA, you'll know that Joe Lacob was, was spending money when it was even cool to spend money in women's exactly. sports. He put $10 million of his own money into the San Jose Lasers in the American Basketball League before the inception of the WNBA. So he's someone that has been committed to this for a while. Then also, more, moreover, when you think about these facilities, I know that was another concept and a co topic that was hot on the the, the Twitter net of the WNBA Twitter of, oh, they're going to get the after, you know, the leftovers of the, the NBA players. And it's like, have you ever heard Steph, Clay, Dre, KD, any of them complain about those facilities? Have no, you ever heard any leave. of the NBA? If anyone in the NBA and the WNBA that has used those facilities 
Brianna Stewart was just there. Your, the league's MVP was just there. Never complaining about these facilities as if they were subpar or below par for what an, a WNBA player would deserve. These facilities are not only what the champions used to be able to practice to get to that level, but they've been renovated to make sure that the Warriors could stay committed to their efforts within the community and to their youth camps. It's one of the best facilities in the country when it comes to practice facilities and youth camps, and it will be more, more than enough for a WNBA team. And trust me again, if they need more, you can assure that Joe Laker will make sure that they get it. So I am more than convinced. Um, I'm not even trying to like cape for them. I'm not even trying to make sure that, you know, say that the Warriors are perfect. Every team or every organization has their flaws. But when I tell you with this effort, I know that they are committed to this and that they're going to do this right. They're going to do right by these teams. Yeah, for sure. And I, I actually love that they're going to practice in Oakland. So it feels like there's still some connection. Yeah. Oakland because so many things have been taken from Oakland so I mm -hmm. love that um and I, I think what's important to point out is part of the reason it's set up like that is so there never becomes a conflict that arises, right? They're still going to play in yes. chase, right? They're right. still going to play in the marquee place, right? But now there's no no schedule conflicts. There is no, you know, when something needs to happen, you know, they're getting bumped to the side, which sometimes could right. happen with WNBA franchises in the past. So this was deliberate. So right. for a reason, but they're still going to play and be at Chase Arena, which, as you know, is a beautiful arena. So I am I am super excited about this. I'm excited about the fact that we know there's going to be more expansion. Um, yeah. So there's talks of Portland most likely being next. Yep. I, yep. you know, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, not that Portland isn't deserving of a WNBA franchise, so that's not what I yep. mean. But there's just like some other places that I that I could really envision one. You know, Toronto was definitely one of them, but they recently took themselves out of the bidding, which is really sad and unfortunate. Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, because right. they had right. that game there, if you recall, and it was a tremendous was turnout. Can we, um, this map is really interesting to me because this is ex the existing, where the existing teams are. So if you just kind of look at it geographically, so you're going to be adding, you know, the Bay, right? So Northern, can we go mm -hmm. back to the map, please? So we're going to be adding the Bay to, to Northern California um, mm -hmm. when you're looking at that map. Um, so that'll be two teams in California and then Portland. So it'll all sort of be like on that Western region. I guess it's sort sure. of even out, but there's yeah. some other places that that I would like to see teams. Like I, I, I mentioned Toronto already. Denver's in the running. I don't know that I would like bump them necessarily over a Portland. Miami, South Florida, never been in the mix, but I think that would be a cool location. They had a team. They had the Miami Soul, yeah. Yeah, so there's some other teams. When I'm it comes sorry, to, no, there was what you mentioned even before jumping into this part, when you talked about the scheduling and the non-conflicts, you perfectly transitioned to Toronto, right? And this is another reason why the Warriors are a perfect match because Joe Lacob is willing to look at his calendar at Chase Center and make room for a WNBA team. And that's the issue that other NBA programs and other sports entertainment properties aren't willing to do. They're not seeing the value in being able to give up concerts over a WNBA franchise. And that's what ultimately led to uh, Toronto pulling out, the MLSC uh, pulling out from that conversation. I do think when it comes to expansion, to, even though Toronto had that, that even though Toronto had that really amazing game, 
we still have to think about the realities and the pragmatic aspects of the league. If they're still struggling with charters, they're still struggling with flights, having a team out of the country might be a little bit of a big goal. For sure. Right? I feel like you got to fix how to get these teams to the teams within the country first before you start talking about international, technically international travel. So that's my thought on the expansion for sure. I think West Coast presents some of those same issues, which is why I'm sort of surprised Mm -hmm. they're going with like a Portland, right? We know the Sparks, like the way that their schedule was was very wonky because they're a West Coast team. I imagine Mm -hmm. that this new team from the Bay would experience the same thing. So, you know, there's been talks of like, I believe Nashville, but in Tennessee was like, to me, that could be like a cool area vibe for a team. Like I had started to say, like no talks of Miami, but I feel like Florida, Florida needs a team. So, um, but these are sort of the teams right now that are targets. We know Toronto took themselves off the running, and the Bay was one, obviously, right. and they're they're going right. to actually expand there. So these are the remaining teams. Which ones do you like of these locations, Zena? I mean, as a North Carolinian. I'm all about Charlotte. I think Charlotte's a great place to have a team. Um, When you think about the fan bases and think about families and think about trying to get the next generation into it, I love these familial type of places. So Nashville gets me excited. Charlotte gets me excited. We, uh, you know, we did hear from some folks about Philly. We hear you, Philly. We know. I'm going to shout it out. I feel it too. I do feel it too with Philly, especially when you look at that college landscape. I mean, they have such a high concentrated level of top programs uh, year in, year out in Philadelphia. And there's a lot of respect for women's basketball there too. So yeah, that, that part, you know, little bit i felt like ah man you know maybe philly over portland but portland has some love too right everyone's seen what they've done to support the portland thorns uh with the nwsl that portland sports bra bar is really cool and the only bar that i know of that has a concept focused on women's sports and supporting women's sports so there is an atmosphere for it in portland and so we'll have to see what happens there but what i love most by far is anytime i hear billionaire owner I'm good. I'm thinking Josiah. Yeah. I'm thinking Matt Ishbia uh, in Phoenix. I'm thinking uh, Matt, Mark Davis in Las Vegas. And I'm thinking Joe Lacob in the Bay. I'm thinking people that got money to spend and want to do right by this league and these players. And that really matters to me. So I'm, I'm excited it. about that. Yeah. Yeah. And have demonstrated because Josiah, like, I mean, we know he was willing to pay for the charter flights and. Right. And willing to take fines. Yeah, that's love. Yeah, that's that's appreciation and respect for a game and for players. And right. I think that that's what really matters. So whatever you look at these cities, who's behind it? Who's got the money? Who you know? Who's lined it up? Um, and I think that's what the WNBA also cares about too: is making sure that whoever's getting involved in this is serious about it. For sure. Well, look, everyone's excited about the Bay getting a team. We saw Stephen Curry welcoming them in a video. Yeah. Gary Payton II did. Clay Thompson had words. Steve Kerr was in the video. We know that the Warriors, the team, the coaches, the staff, everyone is excited, right? Yeah. So it's exciting for the Bay with respect to that. But you know what? It's always exciting in the Bay for the Warriors. It's yeah. always exciting in the Bay for the Warriors, Zena. And you 
were at Media Day recently. I was. Um, I was. So I do want to get into that. I do want to get into you being at Media Day. But before we do, there's been so much buzz around the Warriors. There's been so much buzz from Media Day. Who's going to start? Draymond Green injury. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. Just all kinds of talk about the Warriors. So it's been a while since we've had you on. It's only right that we dig into that with you, my sure. friend. So let's hear what Andrew Wiggins and, and Stephen Curry some some comments from them so far from media day sure i don't think it was jordan's fault for the you know lack of us the team being you know connected i feel like it was a bunch of things um and you know part of it, i wasn't there for a long time and um i feel i would like to think that i'm uh you know uh one of the key parts there to the team you know defensively offensively just you know, helping the team out everywhere I can. So hopefully this year everyone can, you know, stay healthy. You know, everyone can be on the same page and we can have a hell of a year. There's going to be some give and take, and it's still early to really kind of predict what it looks like. But in terms of when we're out there together on the court, I know how to play off the ball. I've done it plenty of times. We have certain sets that can highlight what we all do well. And then there's going to be times when he's on the floor by himself and we can cater the offense to what he's traditionally used to doing. But I know he's been very adamant and intentional about figuring out the patterns and the ways that we create shots and create offense, kind of that motion offense and being a threat there too. Zena, so that was Stephen Curry talking about Chris Paul. I'm just dying and can't wait to hear what you spoke to Stephen Curry about because I saw yeah. you posted on Instagram and Twitter all your pics of the different people that you talked to. So I'm just waiting to hear. But, yeah. you know, was maybe you can't even reveal to us, but like this sentiment that Steph echoed, is that what you're getting generally from the team? It seems like they're all in on Chris Paul. Oh, yeah. I had a chance to talk to Steph, talk to Draymond, talk to Chris, uh, talk to Andrew as well. And everyone, it just seems like all of the chatter and the concern around this team is external. They're not concerned about how he's going to fit in. They're actually really excited to have someone that is a champion mindset, right? They talk about, they kept talking about his basketball IQ. They kept talking about his competitiveness, his competitive nature, and why that makes sense within what they do. Everything that they've done so far to get to know each other, chopping it up, et cetera, has had this element of, we just trying to win, right? We're just trying to win. I asked them about, um, you know, you're trying to get your fifth ring. He's trying to get his first ring. What does that look like, et cetera? And they're like, just make sure that that's not two different paths, right? We're all on the same path and he's going to help us just as much as we can, quote, help him as other people are saying. But it was very clear from ev- from everyone I talked to that no one is concerned about this as much as maybe the fans are around personalities and things of that sort. The thing that I'm really, really excited about when I think about the Warriors and I think about what they're about to do was right after media, they, the next day, um, The Athletic was uh, posted some video. You saw video from their practice working on 
what Steph was talking about, that motion offense, right? Particularly, you could call it in basketball, the pistol action or the two one action, basically the work between the one and the two to get this, the offense set up on one side of the ball. What is so, this is the Warriors bread and butter, right? This is their meat of their offense is being able to let Steph create however he wants from that inbound pass, from that dribble in pass, from the dribble handoff, whatever he does from one side of the ball, he can do whatever. Now, that is great for being able to create whatever it is, but what Chris is talking about, like trying to get that offense down is trying to understand how many different ways you can create. Yeah, Because in that exactly. one, two, there's so much you can do when you think about Steph Curry coming off and then Chris Paul, one of the best ball handlers, one of the best point guards in the history of the NBA, being right. able to come off with that ball, right? And then Draymond being the, the center of the, the forward, excuse me, facilitating action at the free throw line. I mean, they can do so much deadly things in that one side of the court. Meanwhile, you got Andrew, you got Clay on the other end. So... NBA teams are going to be very, very scared, I think, about the potential of what that combination can look like on that side of the floor and, and, and then creating the motion from that. So media day was fun. Everybody was like, you guys are stressed. We're not stressed. Look, at, we're good. Right. I'm glad you talked about that because I feel like there's been so much what their defense and what is it going to look like? And, 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 you know, Chris Paul plays this way. And, and I'm right. just like, can we talk about, though, what some of the huge upside potential is in this? Because all these concerns you guys have, I love how people talk about teams and act like mm. there's a perfect team, that no right. team has weaknesses, right? Like, even if you just think about the trade that happened with Milwaukee and Dame and, you know, they shot up to, like, the top in the standings, their defense right. is going to change. It's going right. to weaken with Dame, right? So every team has its pros mm -hmm. and its cons, right? And it's like, okay, great. You've told us all the things that could potentially go wrong with Golden State, um, which I don't even pay attention to because I think a lot of that's from people who actually don't understand the team. But what about all the things that can go well? And I think you did a great job in, in describing it. Listen, I'm not overly concerned about some very smart basketball minds figuring out how to work together on the court. That is mm. the of my concern my only concern is getting all of them to the postseason healthy and available to play and that's, that's real that's a real that's. valid concern um but the other thing is really is chris paul buying in to a bench role right and i mean it to me it's like the unspoken thing that no one wants to say explicitly no. but i just feel no. like it's it's been alluded to he said the right things at media day talking about coming off the bench you know in the olympics but there's just also you know like steph there was like more in that presser that we should like we didn't show it but that he said like look there's going to be some tough questions about you know like you know that we have to address about the lineup right. and you know all those things so i feel like everyone's just sort of dancing around the service surface and perhaps perhaps the draymond injury gave them a little bit more cushion to, right, to deal right. with it. But like, to me, I don't think people are understanding how devastating it will be with Chris Paul elevating the play of Jonathan Kaminga, running pick and roll with Jonathan Kaminga, having Dario. And I mean, Steph yes. spoke to Dario 
fit. And that's why mm -hmm. I like I don't think people realize just how much deeper this Warriors team is, which is why yeah. even if they didn't want to start Chris Paul once the regular season comes, they could start Dario at the four. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like there there's so many options for this team with their depth. And so I mean, I just think the growth of that bench unit being able to score, the what do we do in the non-Steph minutes, and Chris Paul's ability to elevate players, Zena. Mm -hmm. I just think mm -hmm. that is going to be such a huge difference maker that people are not thinking. When you think of teams like the Denver Nuggets, their bench was such a key piece to them right. winning. When you think about when Toronto won the championship some years ago against the Warriors, their bench was so key to that. Sometimes it's a top-heavy team, which the Warriors have been before, but with I mean, Steph Curry is Steph Curry, but with maybe some of his co-stars not at the top top, having a very strong, solid bench will be so, like, instrumental. And I think that Chris Paul has the ability to help them do that. I would argue the Lakers also had their bench help them significantly last year even. Yeah. And I want to say two things that I think you'll be particularly happy about. Uh, I asked Jonathan Kaminga, what have you been working on this summer? And he said everything. And he was very confident <laughs> in that answer. So I was like, let me make sure I tell Nat that because I know you're going to be very happy about that. He seems like he's really excited about what's going to happen around for him and his game this season. Um, another thing I'll say to your point about, you know, the biggest concerns, it what really felt very apparent at Media Day was that everyone was bought in, right? And when you talk to not personally me, but what I've heard from people around the team that have talked to Chris Paul, he's excited about the Warriors. Like just in general, he loves the organization. He loves what they're doing there. He's very, very pumped about it. And so I think that that helps when you're bought into a, an organization and you feel like you're being treated well and that you're in a good position and you're in a good, clear headspace and you don't have to worry about politics and all these other things and you're just focused on being able to play good basketball, I think that also helps you buy in in a different way. Um, and to your point about the bench, yes, depth was what the Warriors were missing, size as well, but depth particularly. And when you think about the people they picked up in this offseason, the fact that you know one of the rookies, Tracy, making some really, really big strides, apparently, uh, so far. And he's going to make a name for himself, I think, in, in training camp as well. The Warriors have now given themselves that depth that they had back in 2022. So I'm very, very excited. I'm trying to tell y'all, don't sleep on them. Don't sleep yeah, on them. Yeah, the last thing I'll say just before we we go, because we, we do got to get to some other things, yeah. is that I just think that Andrew Wiggins missing so much of the season is such an underrated thing that people overlook. Ooh, so that's why I loved what he said in the beginning. He only played a total of 37 games, Zena, 37 games on the season. I don't think people realize when Andrew first came, when Andrew started last season, look at the numbers that he was putting out in the first 22 games, Zena. Wow. 45% yeah. from three, 51% from the field overall. He was balling. Now he did yeah. come back. We know we had, he was a little slow coming back off the injury. Then he had a family issue and he missed most of the season. And so mm -hmm. they didn't get him back till the playoffs. And I just think that goes so over and looked as part of what contributed to just the Warriors being wonky. Uh, last right. year. So I, I'm looking forward to this. I really am. And I'm so glad Andrew said what he said. But we're going to go. We're going to break. And um, we will be back because we have woo, so much more WNBA to talk. That's right.
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It seems like all the time news keeps dropping right before the Aces are about to to do something major. Uh, Diarica Hamby has filed a discrimination complaint and she named the aces becky hammond and the wmba xena you and i have talked about this already uh on this show when um Dierica first made her allegations back in january of of last year then once the wmba investigation was concluded and they did suspend Becky Hammond two games, which many of us felt was actually an insufficient penalty. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, that she only got two games. The the Aces also lost, I want to say draft pick, um, or potentially they they lost something. I think it was draft picks, um, one or two. Um, And, you know, it was like, oh, is that going to loom over the season? Is that going to affect the Aces? And clearly it did not. And now they're in the final. Um, and Becky was has been pretty defiant about like they basically they came to the wrong conclusion, and now Dierica has taken the step to actually file a lawsuit uh, mm-hmm. against the league and Becky and the Aces, and of course this dropped ahead of the finals. So I don't I'm gonna guess that this is not gonna impact the Aces just because they haven't let anything impact their play all season. But these are very serious allegations and that she decided to go to court and actually file a discrimination suit um, is huge. And it's also brave and courageous. And so I wanted to know, Zena, what what was your reaction to this when you saw this news? One, just as you, you know, you're saying like, Dierica, courageous to go up against your employer that you still work for, right? And you to go up against the biggest team in that within that organization um, and a beloved coach, right? That was a former player. It's not easy. You're gonna make yourself some enemies. And so there is a lot of co- courage to do that. And I definitely support Dierica in fighting for what she believes is right and what happened to her. I think for me, the biggest thing that really distressed me in reading that filing was the exchange she included um, about it. And I can just quickly quote it. On January 17th, 2023, I received a call from Hammond during which she told me that my time with the Aces is up and I was being traded and that it was best for my career. She told me, I can send you somewhere like Connecticut or Indiana, or you can pick a place like Los Angeles. During this conversation, I stated twice to Hammond, you're trading me because I'm pregnant. Hammond responded, what do you want me to do? Again, these are allegations. This is what was in the filing. Uh, Becky Hammond has repeatedly said that, you know, these allegations brought against her are false or baseless and or not, you know, 
not what happened. And so just want to give that context, but to even hear that that was potentially what happened is incredibly distressing. So my thoughts are, Dierica, incredibly courageous. I do hope she finds the support that she needs within her friends, her family, within her team, um, within the league. And I hope that the right thing comes about. And you're right, it was only two games and one future draft pick um, that they received. And just so everyone knows, this this filing is gonna be re uh, reviewed by the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. And then based off that review, they'll try to probably mediate it and if they yeah. can't come to a conclusion from the mediation, then she'll have 90 days to pursue uh, a court case. And that's a lot. That's a lot yeah. to think about. It's a lot to handle. And she has a brand new baby to think about as well, as well as her six-year-old daughter. Yeah, that's usually what happens in employment discrimination cases. It goes to the um, EEOC first. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> you, I, I used to write position statements, you know, usually oh, right, yeah. when we got these types of complaints. So the lawyers on behalf of the WNBA, they'll write, you know, a position statement sort of sure. responding to the allegations. My guess is that this will settle. Um, what I think is sort of damning already for the allegations in this matter is that the league already came down with some kind of finding that they felt it necessary to suspend Becky for um, two games and also yeah. to further penalize them with respect to their draft picks. So they found something already right. was right. was um, not on the up and up. So it would be interesting yeah. to see like what the defense is going to be. So we don't know, but... Um, yeah, I would suspect that maybe this is probably going to settle. But I hope that with filing this complaint that Dierica gets what she's searching for and, and the peace yeah. that should, you know, hopefully come from it. Yeah. Well, listen, people don't because people don't elevate these things unless they truly believe they've been wronged. And I, you, I yeah. just yeah, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, agreed. Listen. There's a lot going on. We talked about WNBA expansion earlier. Yeah. Um, I just didn't want to jump right into the finals and ignore Derrica's, you know, complaint because I felt we needed to discuss it. But let's get to the conversation right now that is really dominating the WNBA. And we're bringing in Loge Rare to talk with us from the committee. Hey. Lo, so glad hey. to have you back because <laughs> there is no one who I'd rather get into a finals preview with than you. So let's just get yes. into it. Um, okay. It is Aces versus Liberty, surprise, right? It surprise. is a super team matchup <laughs> is what people were predicting all season. I want to just first start with a question to both of you. But Lo, you, you take it first. Are Aces a super team? Because there seems to be this debate. And so I want to know how each of you define a super team. Um, for me, currently, right now, absolutely not. What made this super team super was having Candace Parker, who was also a former MVP. Mm. Now they look like what they were last year um, with a six-woman of the year coming off the bench. So it's still a good team, yes. I think when people say, when you say, oh, it's not truly a super team, we're not saying that the girlies are not good because they have like four all-stars. So yes, they're really good. But what <laughs> made this team a super team only played 14 games. So at this point, no, the girlies are not a super team. No. The girlies, I love them. <laughs> I know. I love the girlies. I I will have to disagree. Everything. 
I will have to disagree. I think super teams, I think that the way that we've thought about super teams are, mm -hmm. the, you know, the big threes, right? And they came from the concept of trades, free agency, things of that sort. But I think when you think about the inception of basketball and these major teams that we've thought about in mm -hmm. NBA and WNBA, teams were built through drafts. Teams were mm -hmm. built through just, it just so happened that people were really good that all ended up on the same team without having to get signed or get traded or whatever. And when you think about a team with four all-stars, yeah, I think that is a super team. And I think all, like, obviously I cover the Warriors. I think about this comparison mm -hmm. all the time where people say the Warriors aren't a super team because they got through, they built through the draft. I look at the Aces the same way, just because Asia and, and Chelsea and Jackie and Kelsey, and yes, now the addition of Candace, Mm. I think Candace was made a super, super team, but they were super on their own. So that's that's my my take on those. See, on what that's consists the thing. Of a super team. That's the thing. I, like people say because it was built through the draft, I don't really, I never took that as a point. I don't know. I don't ever say that. But I, I will say just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Just because, I don't know, we weren't calling them a super team last year. So last year, they were like set, they weren't even picked to finish top three. And they got essentially to the same group. So it's kind of like they weren't one last year. You didn't pick them to mm. win last year. So now we got right. the same situation. That's not super team. So like you said, yes, they're still super. They got four all-stars. They them girls. I ain't going to take that away from them. But <laughs> when we look at what the league deemed as a super team, they're mm. not that at this point. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think I I'm thinking from a fan, maybe. Yeah, as a fan yeah, of the pieces. Probably, probably I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, to me, they definitely felt like a super team last year, even mm -hmm. um, with the way they played going to the finals and everything. But I, I also look at per team performance. I mean, three out of four years, yeah. you know, that that also influences. But you're right. When you're thinking about the way that the league ultimately looked at it, they weren't deemed that. I'm a fan. I'm, I don't know. I'm always stick to my super team. But yeah, I get okay. you. Now, I, what were you about to say? I think they're a super team as well. But like, I, to me, I feel like that label sort of uses like a ding or, I mean, we're not going to revisit this now, but I've always said I felt like that was used against Asia in the MVP race and, and, and mm. it didn't, it wasn't used against, um, Brianna, but regardless, I, I do think they're a super team, but to me, what makes them a super team this year versus let's say last year, the way we were talking about them is mm -hmm. due to how certain players have stepped up, right? Like Ooh. you look at Jackie Facts. Young this year, right? Like Facts. she's mm -hmm. a, just a different player this year than she was last year. Um, some people would say you also have the sixth, you know, woman of the year. And so like some of those things contribute to also being a super team where like it is the same players virtually, but mm -hmm. those players have now now gone to another level. I mean, you consider, you know, I mean, Chelsea was always Chelsea, but like, and now she's yeah. 50, 40, 90 season, damn near. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So right. like in Asia, right? This this is one of the reasons we were advocating for her as MVP. Her game even went to another level. So those yes. are things that can contribute, but either way, it's going to be a great matchup. And mm -hmm. one of the things that um, I want to talk X factors, right? So mm. Lena has her X factors. Let's sort of start with the Liberty and then we could go to mine for the Aces. But you okay. you didn't call them X factors, but I took the li Liberty, <laughs> pun intended, of, of, of calling them that. So. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Benaja and um and JJ, right? Like that I think to 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 for I don't want to speak for Zena, so I'll let her explain herself. But mm -hmm. it it feels like going to that matchup, you look at them as X factors. So Zena, I'll give you, you know, to speak your point and then I want to hear what you think, Flo. Okay. I but Nigel Laney, you know, made all defensive team made sense, right? Everyone's looking at her for being that grit player that makes the that makes the plays you need, especially on the defensive end. 
I don't, I do think that she's underrated from what she can do offensively to lift this team. That first game against in the series against the Sun, three points. That supported people's thought of to, as to why they're not thinking about her as an offensive threat. When you think about uh, uh, Sabrina Ionescu and you think about Brianna Stewart being around them, but but Nigelani, the Nigelani averaged twenty points after that, right? She had that three point game, and then the rest of the series averaged twenty points, hitting the right big shots at the right time. And I think that that's what teams need in order to lift themselves above their comp competition is being able to have somebody step up at the right time. You look at the sun, what Ty Harris was being able to do for them. Those type of things really, really matter. What Rebecca Allen did for them, they just didn't have that going into the last games. But Nigelini stepped up and she kept going. And I think that she's on a run right now. She said after her uh, three-point game going into the next game, she was like, yeah, that was a little trash. That game was a little bad. But she knew she had to step it up, and she's been doing that. And then John Cole Jones has just been doing John Cole Jones things. She's just in the paint, just doing what she's supposed to do, yeah, getting double-doubles, being a All presence. She's amazing. And, and I think that the Aces have their hands tied with that. They're going to have, excuse me, hands filled with uh, trying to figure out how to properly defend her, push her out, keep her off the glass. They did a great job with Dallas' size. Uh, but John Cole Jones can also shoot outside. So that's going to be an issue that they didn't have to come up with against against with the Dallas Wings. So I think those two, Benajah, JJ, you got to figure out what to do with them, even before more so than I think Brianna Stewart and, and Sabrina from what they've produced within this playoff so far. See, I'm going to flip. I don't Ooh. count Benaja or JJ this. as no as no X Factor, baby. Benaja and JJ not X Factors. They are it girls. They are Ooh. not what you qualify as X Factors. X Factors for the Liberty to me is going to be a KT off the bench coming in being a bruiser. Coming in, give you a couple extra buckets if you need it. Coming in, giving this person rest, this person rest because you can kind of, you know, plug and chug her. An X Factor would be a Marine coming in like when she came in that game and hit like what all them points, that's a, that would be like an X factor. Maybe even as Stephanie Dawson coming in, just using her body, setting those screens, those would be what, what I would call X factors for me. You gonna need Benazza and JJ do those, to do that thing. Those are D factors. Sure. So I just wouldn't call those X factors, but they they gonna have to step up and do what they need to do. And I think from the beginning of the season, one of the issues that I think the Liberty had was they had Benaja in the corner waiting to shoot a three. That's not Benaja. That's you're trying to force mm. her into that X factor role or that just defensive role. And that's not what Benaja brings. Benaja is more than that. She is an it girl. So I think now that they figured that out, they look like, okay. They look like they're going to do some damage. Okay. Well, yeah, I, now it's coming back to me that I think you sort of defined this on Twitter, like X factor, like your definition versus not. Yeah. So I remember, I remember you doing that. Okay. So, but let's, this matchup is about not about only, but we know it, it's like an Asia versus Stewie sort of battle, right? Yeah. Like all season with the MVP race, um, the two biggest stars in the league. People debate back and forth who are the best two players. Asia has been like tremendous this postseason, and Stewie hasn't been performing up to like her normal Stewie levels, but still mm -hmm. exceptional. So, what are you mm -hmm. expecting to see during the season? The matchups they they're. That without Candace, their size, John Quell presented some issues for them. So what are you expecting, mm -hmm. you know, for Asia versus Stewie and just like what how they're gonna address John Quell's size? Yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead. I, oh, go ahead. I I feel like um either they're gonna cancel each other out or either they're gonna be hooping. 
Like, I feel like every time you just never know, Asians do we cancel each other out just because they're just both those girls and they, you know. Um, I think the biggest thing with JJ, you got to get JJ frustrated to get in JJ's head. So if they can figure out a way to do that, that's the best way to guard JJ, in my opinion. Um, Kia, she gonna have to figure it out. She gonna have to put a big girl pants on, come to work, and, and push her off the glass, get some board. She's gonna have to step up huge for them in this role. But the biggest thing that you could do to JJ is just get her frustrated, take her out of the game. To be honest, because when she come to work and put her hard hat on, like she been doing, I don't know, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> We're running close on time, and so I want to just get predictions from both of you very quick. Xena, uh, who you got? And Lo, I'll give you the last word. I got aces all the games. It's going to take it all the way to the end. Aces mm -hmm. and five. All right. Aces and five. Lo? Okay. You know, I'm always going with the aces. Come on, my 803 girly, like my girl Asia Wilson, I'm going to aces. I do think it'll go to five. I think it'll be an interesting series, but I'm always going with the aces. I'm going aces too, and Asia is going to show out. Oh, And aces and five. Listen, Lo, thank you for joining us. I no honestly, problem. there's so much more that I wanted to dig into with you. So we're going to definitely have to have you back once mm -hmm. this matchup gets going because there's going to okay. be so many other developing storylines mm -hmm. and there are those other storylines the, the subtext that we didn't even get to that we got to talk about and you know what I'm got talking to. about <laughs> thank you for joining us on Ladies Pride no Ladies for Fridays we'll talk to you soon thank you Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This felt good. It felt good. Um, just seeing all the hard work pay off, especially, you know, getting a dub after everything that's, you know, happened this year, you know, everything in the media, everything on the outside. Um, just, just, it just feels good when you can... You can say that the hard work paid off. So again, I'm I'm proud of everybody in the building. I love everybody on my team, players, coaches, shoot, everybody upstairs. I might not even know them, but I love y'all. <laughs> That's right. You go ahead and be proud. I hope and well, he said everybody in the building. So I'm sure that includes right. himself because you know what? People have been going in on Justin Fields, you know, right. since the beginning of the season. And we just gotta do the thing. I get it. He did not perform that well that might be an understatement but i'm just saying <laughs> like <laughs> you're like, being real nice you're being real I nice am. let's just say I am that. Being real nice. <laughs> but look, look now look at this right you know the first three weeks but it's only three weeks and i get it football it's like you know mm -hmm. but it's three mm -hmm. weeks now look at mm -hmm. him in week four and week five and what he did you know like that that last touchdown throw he had to dj Moore. It was Incredible. Like I said, it, you know, it was just, it was, he, Insane. he has potential. He's still a young QB yep. and we just got to right. give him his chance. But you know what? 
Zena, the Bears broke that damn streak. They broke that streak. <laughs> Week seven. Like, think about, like, this isn't like mid, that's not even really middle of the season. That's like the like top, more top of the season. You have not won since week seven of last season. I don't even know what that feels like. Right. <laughs> like as an athlete, as a competitor, I give so much credit to the, the Bears for showing up and, and going to work and putting in the work because it is very, very, I could, I could say debilitating even to just like think, oh, we lost again and we have to go do this again. I have to go go against these defenses again. I have to go put, go put weights up again to lose since last year. Yeah. I give all the credit to them to, to show up as a team. And then I'll give a lot of credit for Justin doing the work that he's been doing and sticking to the course. Like, And I'm happy the Bears gave him his ace because every quarterback needs their ace Boon Coon. And finally, yeah. he's gotten DJ Moore. And DJ Moore's not even like the best wide out out of, you know, all the league, even without Justin Fields. It's not as if he's just like this dynamic, crazy talent on his own, but the two of them together works. And Justin Fields has been doing exactly what he needs to be doing um, as a passer to get him the ball. And I, that that last pass over two defenders before a back defender, like perfectly in the pocket it was insane as a person that like is still learning routes which i really appreciate amazon's like next gen stats that that was really cool to be able to see <laughs> i was like mind blown that he got that pass off in that perfect position it was amazing awesome yeah um you know i just hold on i lost my train of thought for a second sorry oh, and i know it's okay it's okay i know what it is that i want to say i wanted to thank the bears you know, for beating the damn commanders as an Eagles fan. <laughs> I appreciate that. Okay. Um, but secondly, and like, honestly, I don't want to actually just like, you know, shit on the the commanders because, you know, I think Howell showed some promise, you know, like, especially like mm -hmm. his ability to oh, like yeah. scramble, you know, like he, he showed grit. Promise. And mm -hmm. I mean, look, the commanders like forced overtime with the Eagles, like they are... Look, Eric Bieniemy is doing some work over there. They are, they are, they are not to be taken lightly. Is all I'm gonna say. Yeah. So even though they sort of got, you know, they they missed the field goal because they were coming. Like they didn't, they didn't start out the first right. half well, but then the second half they got going, and it looked like the same thing was gonna happen to the Bears. It looked like the same thing. They had that nice lead against the Broncos, gave it up, and it looked like the same thing was about to happen. Twitter was like, mm -hmm, they about to do the same thing, and they didn't. They didn't. Yeah. They did what they had to do, yeah. and they won the game, Zena. So, you know, shout out to the Bears. Shout out to yeah. Justin Fields for leading his team. Shout out to DJ Moore for having a really big night. Um, big and night. also, just shout out to the Bears for doing this in honor of the legendary Dick mm. Buckus. Um, Bears yeah. legend, one of the best defensive players to ever play the NFL game. I remember growing up watching him on television in a bunch of commercials before my time as a player, but always knew who he was. And you could tell it was on the minds of, of many of the players, you know, tweets and everything were going out all night. They did a tribute, a moment of silence at the game, all of the statements and, and rest in peace wishes and just people reflecting on who um, he was and what he yeah. meant you know, to the game and just um, to the, to the organization and person.
So um, it was a beautiful tribute last night that they gave him, you know, mm -hmm. and um, I'm sure he had a hand in that. I'm sure he was exactly. giving him, gave a little boost from where he is. Yep. For sure. And after the game, you know, DJ Moore thanked him. Um, yeah. And he's, I had fun knocking the shit out of people. Like, this is, you know, they can't even play football the way they used to when he did. So, oh, no. Like, yeah. He, he was such a character. And um, it's, it, you know, it was, it was, it was really great, actually, I think, to win on a night that was like honoring on him and thinking of his yeah. memory. So, we'll leave it like that. Rest in power to the legend. Yes, for sure. Rest in power. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Ah. Uh. Zena, it is so great to have you back with us. Yeah. Um, we missed you during your absence, but also you've been doing big things. We talked about you at Media Day, talking to all the players, yes. but you also just talked to WNBA player Natasha Cloud um, on your new podcast. So can you please tell us about that and the new pod? So The Athletic finally realized that women's basketball deserves its own space to talk. And so we launched The Athletic Women's Basketball Show. Shout out to the partner, Michelob Ultra. Um, it's been really cool so far. And we've been just talking about games, trying to educate people, trying to give people a different way of listening to the, the to you know learning about women's basketball. If in the case that you don't know everyone's name or you don't know who everyone is, this is a space where you can come safely to learn. Uh, we hope. And uh, today we had our very first player guest. Our two writers, Ben uh, Pickman and Sabrina Merchant, interviewed her about the finals as well as some other things that I think are very important that you guys should talk about. Prioritization rule within the WNBA, talking about um, who Tasha Cloud thinks is the biggest trash talker in this WNBA finals. So definitely listen in. She's got some really great tidbits there, but it's a great podcast. We're excited to just have that space to talk women's hoops. All right, y'all, you heard her. Go check it out. Thank you for tuning in with us. The Michaels will be back on Monday. This is Ladies First Fridays. I'm Brother from Another. Have a great weekend. Y'all better tune in to WNBA Finals. For sure. <laughs> Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.